0: Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith, and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Good job. Good morning, everybody. Well, it's good to see you all. It's lovely to be in Portadown. I can't remember the last time I was in Portadown. Um, I might have been a March, and I'm not even going to go there. Uh, and so I'm a Ballin' Hinch man, born and bred, okay? All my family's still Ballin' Hinch County down. And uh, so don't hold that against me if, uh, if that means anything to you. But uh, family are still there, but I live in Derry, London, Derry, Maiden City, Stroke City, just Wall City. Just pick a name that works for you and you run with that, is that okay? I'll just, I just might say Derry, mostly because if I refer to it, it's quicker and it rolls off the tongue a bit easier. I'm not making any kind of statement uh, by that at all. Um, but up there about 20 years And I went there, first of all, as an estate agent, and then after a number of years, transitioned to full-time staff with Cornerstone. Uh, A few years into that, I took over and became the senior leader for 10 years. And then last January, my wife and I, we stepped out of senior leadership. We transitioned into a national role with Christian Churches Ireland, and uh, we get to do this all the time. And so we're traveling all across Ireland. We are reworking. CCI and how that works and how it moves and just seeing the movement grow. We're connecting with about 40 to 50 churches all across the country, which is fantastic. And I have to tell you, the church is growing right across Ireland. You need to know that the church is thriving and growing. Churches are being planted and thriving and developing. People are getting saved and calling Jesus Lord. It's a good time in the country. It really is. Never mind the BBC, CNN, or whatever the Portadown Chronicle, whatever the paper is. I don't know. I'm going to tell you the church is alive and well in Ireland. Amen? Okay. I'm married to Judith. I traded up. Most of us will have married up, I hope. Now silence, okay, and uh, that's, I have four children, now the unique thing about my family is that they're all the same age, okay, I've got quadruplets, and that's why I am at quaddaddy uh, on Twitter and uh, on all that stuff, okay, so but that's, they're 13 years old, they'll be 14 uh, this June, I know I haven't got the face, you're sitting there going, it looks too young, I can tell, and, and so I've got three girls and a boy, Sarah, Peter, Lucy, and Charlotte, all born in four minutes, there you go, that's how we roll in our house, okay, so, pray for me, and I will pray for you. And uh, we are just picking GCSEs. Philip, we are picking GCSEs. How did we get there so quickly, all right? uh, But anyway, they're good. They're the apple of my eye and the joy of everything that I have. And I'll tell a little bit more of the story tonight as a nice hook to bring you back for that. Okay, so... That's how, that's how that is going to rule. Okay, so look, why don't we pray together first of all, and then we'll begin to unpack what God has put in my heart uh, for you guys as well. Could we stand? Do you mind standing for that? Is that all right? And uh, let's just stand. We'll bow our heads, we'll close our eyes for a minute. And uh, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to give the Holy Spirit permission uh, to um, speak to us. We're going to give the Holy Spirit permission to maybe... Uh, inspire us, maybe challenge us, but we're definitely going to give them permission to change us. So, Father, we pray today that as we gather around your Word, you've already been working, Lord, this morning. You've already, Lord, from the, from the welcome of the door all the way through to the worship here, uh, through, Lord, the teams that are serving our kids, through the songs that we've been singing. And now we come to your Word, Lord, so many ways you've been working in our hearts, We just pray, Holy Spirit, that we would give you assent. We'd give you permission now to to dabble in our lives, to to dabble in our minds, to dabble in our hearts, to change us, to shape us, to make us more like Jesus, to bring fresh perspective and fresh faith to our lives so that when we leave this time together, we would be a bit different than when we arrived. And so, Father, we just ask you to come and do what only you can do in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. You may grab your seats. You may grab your seats. I've called this talk today, uh, this morning, the the call of capacity. The call of capacity. Now, let me start by saying this. There are two digits, everybody, two digits that um, in the whole world that cause fear and frustration in the heart of every traveler okay, traveling from Derry to Belfast, okay, and I'm going to give you the two digits, they are A and 6, the A6, the A6 is a road, now I don't know if you know the A6, but it stretches from, from near my house all the way through Dungiven, it'll go down all the way up through the Glenshian Pass, down through the Glenshian Pass, and then you get to the tomb bridge there, and then everything just comes to a stop, okay, because it is a giant playground for caterpillar lorries and machines, okay, the whole road, it seems the whole road, all the way to Belfast, okay, is being upgraded. Now, we are glad for the upgrade. Let me tell you why the road is being upgraded, because, and listen to me here, I haven't come to talk to you about roads, okay, but I want to make a point. The old A6 hasn't the infrastructure. It hasn't the capacity to manage the future. The call of God and the future that God has for all of us in this room, for all of us collectively as our Church, okay? Listen to me here. The thing that you are dreaming about, the call that God has put in your life, the persistent, nagging dream that just will not let up and let go, it is so much bigger. The Bible says that we can ask, think, or imagine. But oftentimes, everyone, if you can believe me this morning, we don't have the capacity to match our calling. Yes. Yes, we don't we, we don't we don't have the capacity to match our calling. The reality is that sometimes we get through seasons where the infrastructure of our lives is not yet ready to manage the future that God has for us. We, we, we know the guy Joseph, most of us in the Bible, the Old Testament. It's, a, it's an incredible story. It's a big story, and we are not going to cover all of the drama of, of Joseph's story today. But you can break it into sort of four kind of main sections, everyone. You have, first of all, the dreams. He's the dreamer. He gets the dreams from God. And, and then he, he uses this a little bit too freely with his brothers. And then we move into the, the second, the distress that's caused because of his kind of silliness a little bit. But then we, we find that after and through the distress, he moves into that place of destiny, getting into the court of, the, of Pharaoh. And then from there, he's part of this deliverance process that God uses to deliver Israel from the famine at the time. And so with, with Joseph as a, as a young teenager, he is profoundly aware of the call of God in his life. But what we learn is that how he speaks to his brother reveals something about him. It reveals, church, that he lacked the infrastructure, he lacked the capacity to handle the future that God has for him. Would you turn with me to Isaiah 54? Now the words will come on the screen behind me, and I want to read to you the first three verses. Isaiah 54. So for you uh, just want to get your Bibles or open your phone or do whatever you gotta do there. But I'm gonna just read on. We good to go? Isaiah 54, it says, Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Now, this is where we're going to land today. Verse 2 and 3. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your curtains wide and do not hold back. I love it when the Bible tells us do not hold back because it means we always hold back a little bit. Remember when the prophet told the woman with the, the oil in the jars, she says, go around your neighbors and ask for jars. And then he says, and don't ask for a few because you'll ask for one or two and you don't want to bother anybody. But ask for loads on loads of jars. It's a capacity issue. And then he says, lengthen your cords and then strengthen your stakes for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in desolate cities. Church, this is a capacity building scripture. It is written to an exile people reminding them that their current distress was divine design preparing them And preparing within them the internal infrastructure, the capacity to handle the enormity, the size of what God was about to do. It is a passage and a reminder to God's people that He's not forgotten them. That His promises that He spoke into their life are still good. And He is about to act on them. And Ari, listen to me today, it is a reminder to me, it is a reminder to you, it is a reminder to this church and to every church that God has not forgotten His promise over you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, you, over the collective you, and that He is and remains committed to getting you ready for your future increasing your capacity to match the incredible calling God has on your life. Amen? So let me give you a couple of things that we can use today to help us navigate this season that we are in. The first thing I want to encourage you to do today is to future-proof by faith. Future-proof by faith. Verse 2 begins with the call to enlarge. Say it with me. Enlarge. 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 Go on, make bigger the place of your tent. And I love this. It's a call to act by faith. It's a call to make room for something that there's no obvious reason to make room for. It is a call to step out in faith and make room for something that has not happened yet. It is a call to increase capacity for something that is about to happen. We live in a, in a village, you may or may not have heard of it, called Eglinton. It's just outside Derry. We moved there in 2004, okay? Two, essentially ages ago, there were only two of us when we bought the house. We moved in in March 2004, and by June 2005, there were six of us. We, we just increased by 300% in an hour. <laughs> Glory to God. In the highest, Right? And then a year later, after that, we, got, we, got the, well, we, we brought the kids home. We did, didn't leave them there. We brought them home. And a year after they came home, we literally had to enlarge the place of our tent called the kitchen. And we had to extend a little bit. Our house is kind of sort of kitchen hall above that. And then we had the bits. So it was kind of a three-story thing, all right? So we're fit in our house. Loads of stairs. So good we had four kids. And so we pushed back the house a little bit, and we extended our kitchen. Why? Because we wanted to make more room for the future. The kids were tiny. They were so small when we built the extension. But here's the thing, we anticipated they would grow. (laughs) We expected them to grow. We did. And guess what? They grew. And they graze. It's all they do now. They just graze like animals in the kitchen, Open the fridge. They just <laughs> graze. It's life by the light of the fridge. That's how it goes in our house. You know, just eat. And so they, they do it, and we made more room for the future. And so I want to encourage you that we had to make a decision to increase the capacity of our home to fit the future God was giving us. And I want to encourage you, do the same. Whatever that persistent thing is, whatever the promise is, whatever the dream is, and it won't shake you, and it won't leave you, and God's still speaking and speaking and speaking. It is time today that you took a step by faith to future-proof by faith something that God says will happen, even though it hasn't happened yet. I think of Abraham, convinced by the call of God. Where are you going, Abraham? I have no idea. Thanks for asking. Future-proofed by faith his destiny by leaving his home for somewhere he didn't know. What about Noah? In the desert, God said to Noah, I'm about to bring a flood of biblical proportions. I need you to build a boat in the desert. In the desert, a boat. Nowhere near the sea. boat. What does Noah do? Builds a boat. He future-proofed by faith his destiny by making room in his life, by obeying God, by taking a step, by doing something that to everybody else made absolutely no sense until it Is that rain? Until it started to And so I want to encourage you. Come on. What do you see in your future? What has God revealed to your future? What has God said about your your tomorrow that you are absolutely convinced about that is unshakable? Come on, in your spirit, are you up for making room in your life right now by faith to future-proof your destiny in God? For some of you, it just be as simple as telling friends and family that you're a Christian now. That could be future-proofing something at work or at school or with friends. Maybe, and I advise always, take this slowly and advisedly with loads of counsel. Maybe God is whispering on you to take a step in a career of, of new directions and new levels. For some of us, maybe it's as simple as signing up for a mission trip, even though All the money isn't there, and you don't know how the money will come, but God is tugging your heart consistently and persistently about doing something. Maybe he's called to start a not-for-profit, start a charity, whatever it might be. Come on, let's decide today to future-proof by faith. Make room in your life for something God said is going to happen, even though it hasn't happened yet. Amen? Is that exciting? Ah, good. Happy days. The second thing I want you to know today is this, that stretch marks are spiritual. (laughs) Oh, he can say that, he's a man. He knows nothing about them. Stretch marks are spiritual. Here's what I want you to know today, listen to me here. Capacity is always tied to a cause, and for every cause there's always a cost. Oh, preach, Oh, preach about the pain, brother preach about the cost. We love the cost stuff. We love the cause, but the cost, we've got to go back to the A6. The cause, everybody, is a modern road. Please, heaven knows we need a decent road from Derry to Belfast, okay? The process is to enlarge capacity, but the way you get there is a nightmare of cost. Absolutely. You see, right now, the road is one big long build in sight, and it's packed with cones and traffic lights and speed restrictions and contraflows and rerouting. It is a nightmare. Can anybody sense my grievance with this jolly road? I'm Out a Cornerstone, I'm traveling all around Ireland, I'm on this road constantly, and it's doing my, help me, it's doing my head. Okay, and, 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 but here's what I've noticed, everybody. That what, what's really striking is the randomness of the improvement at the moment. You're driving down the road, and there's a new road built over there with no way to get to it. There's a bridge. You go under a bridge with no sides. You can't walk the bridge. There's no, there's no steps. It's just random. Then you drive on a bit more, and there's a roundabout going absolutely And then you pass that on the right-hand side. There are just three, three long, tall concrete columns by themselves. They're just standing there for no reason. It's completely and utterly random looking. And I'm thinking once more, everybody, of, of Joseph. The cause in his life was to become this deliverer. To use Egypt to deliver Israel from hunger as the prime minister of the richest nation in the known world. That was the cause within him. The process clearly is to enlarge his capacity, but the way to get him there was nothing but cost. Yes. We see that he has this prophetic dreams and, and words, and, and then all of a sudden he has this, you know, he's trafficked by the Midianites, and then he's in Potiphar's house, then he's in prison and on the sex offenders register, and then now he's, he's trying to do dreams in prison that doesn't work out, and he's cost him another couple of years, and, and on the face of it, it's becoming worse. But what Joseph can't see, but we know, because we've the end of the story, the worse it got for him, the closer he got to his destiny. So there's the throne room, there's the pit, and he goes from the pit and he goes to Potiphar's house and he goes to the to the Potiphar's house and then he goes to prison then he goes from prison then to the palace and suddenly he's there. You see, you and I, we're running about, we're binding and we're casting and we're rebuking and we're doing all of this stuff, and all the while, God is making it, getting you closer and closer and closer to where He wants you to be. How? Through the cost of hard times, through the cost of the stretch, because stretch marks are spiritual, and He's getting you there. Jesus hung on the cross And while he hung there, they deserted him, they mocked him, they tore his clothes, and they held an auction for them. They spatted him, they derided him, they goaded him to send angels. Oh, send angels to help yourself. Mary, his mother, and a few others, they watched on, wondering what on earth was happening. But Jesus knows that stretch marks are spiritual. So the Bible tells us in Hebrews 12, 2 and 3, it says, let us fix. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus because he's the author and he's the perfecter of our faith. It says, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Endured the cross for what? The joy before him. That beyond the cross there was joy, scorning and shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Then it says, consider, think. Dwell your mind on him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Listen to me here. On the cross, even Jesus somehow in his humanity was building capacity. Before he died, he could save those nearest to him. But he knew that if he died and if he rose again, by rising again, he would defeat the power of sin and the power of death. And as a result, not just save a few nearest him, but could save all mankind and every generation for those that would have faith in him. Capacity is tied to a cause, and for every cause there's always a cost. Isaiah tells us here in our passage, yes, to enlarge the place of your tents, and then he begins to tell you how. Come on, stretch your curtains wide. Do not hold back. Come on, get into it. Come on, the curtains are the walls of the tent, and because you've made the tent bigger, you've got to stretch the walls to fit what you've done. And the minute you and I, you know what, we decide to make more room to increase the capacity for God's plan in our lives, you've got to know there's going to be a stretch coming. Yes, there's a stretch coming. When Joseph flashed his coach to his brothers, of course there was a prime minister in him, but at that moment he wasn't ready to be prime minister. When David killed Goliath, there's definitely a king in him, but he wasn't ready to be king. There was a journey, a stretching, where the call of God on His life had to match and grew into the capacity that God was building within him. For some of you in this room right now, you would describe your life as an unfinished asics, random. Nothing but a series of cones and contraflows and speed restrictions and rerouting and random bridges and events and things suddenly all over the place disconnected and you just cannot make any sense of it. We're going to the pet. How did I get here? Now I'm in Egypt. What's going on in Egypt? Now I'm, I'm in swamp. house. Now I'm in. I didn't even do and I'm in prison. Contraflows and speed restrictions. Destiny. So I want to encourage you, your future is within you. Some of you are pastors and leaders, mission startups, entrepreneurs, teachers, whatever you are, whatever God is calling you to be. But you know what? Maybe right now you don't have the capacity in your mind, in your heart, the character, the internal infrastructure needed to receive or contain all that God wants to do through you. But in this season, church, listen to me, in this season... In the confusion, in the waiting, and in the wondering, understand that your God is getting you ready. He is growing capacity within you. He is stretching you to fit your future. He has not forgotten you. You are not finished. It is not over for you. You can think it's going from bad to worse. If it's going from bad to worse, good, because it means you're getting closer and closer and closer and closer. Come on. So don't give up. Don't give in. Keep believing. Keep trusting that he who started a good work in you, we will finish it and complete it to the end. Amen? The third thing we got to do is never cut the cord. Never cut the cord. Recently, Sarah, my eldest girl, by a minute, she keeps telling me, I'm the eldest, Daddy, I'm your firstborn. And she said to me at dinner time, at the tea table, at the dinner table, Daddy, could I, could I go to another room and have my dinner? Shocking. 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 I said, most aggressively, definitely not. And uh, actually, Ori, what shocked me the most, okay, wasn't really the request, okay, um, but it was my response. I found myself being, Philip, more annoyed, way beyond anybody else at the table, Right? I found myself just, and so I began to think as you do, you know, why was I annoyed to this extent? And I, what I discovered, everybody, was that I love my family. I, I you know, I do. I just don't tolerate them. I kind of like them, okay? And, and, and I've learned that what it is the most is I really value time with them, okay? Because they're all going to leave for university maybe in four years, and then they're gone. That's it. Some of you, that's a relief. To me, it's a nightmare. I, got four, I don't have a wee one coming up. They're all gone. It gets empty nest in a minute, right? And so, and so I really valued time. So I began to think, was this a dinner thing? Was it just dinner? Do I like them around the table? Or was there other ways that I behaved to reveal this value in my life? Church, there was. There was other ways. I'm not well. Please help. And so I, I, I'm on Snapchat. I don't know what it does. But I snap them four or five times a day. Mostly to tell them their dinner is ready and could they come down. But I snap them and I put lips like a dog and I, mm, and I send them things. <laughs> Look at me, right? No idea. So I do, do them all four or five times a day and I take them on dates. Even Peter, it's called hanging with him. It's just hanging out there. Uh, so I hang him with my dad. And so I go out, I date them all and I put them on Instagram because I forgot to put one of them on Instagram once. It was Sarah. I took her, she was number three on the date, right? And she told, Judith, she told mom. And Judith had to tell me, Sarah's not happy. I says, what? You forgot to put her on Instagram. Instagram, you see. And so I date them all the time. I make their lunches. But what I do is, with a black marker, I write jokes on napkins and I wrap their lunch. (laughs) Nothing wrong with me. I need help, okay? So this is a nightmare. Here's the thing that I've discovered. What you value shapes how you behave. Every time what you value shapes how you behave. You see, an inspired Isaiah has told us, to enlarge the place of our tents. He's told told us to stretch the curtains, and now he says lengthen. Not short, lengthen the cords. Listen to me. The cords are the unseen structure holding together the integrity of the tent. You can't see the cord. When you go camping for the Duke of Edinburgh, up the morns, wherever you go, you put the thing up and you throw the thing over the thing and then there's the cord thing and you can't see the cords. If you can see the cords, there's a huge problem. You're in for a cold night. If you, you know what I'm saying? But the cord is that unseen structure. And listen to me, our values are the unseen structure that holds together the integrity of our lives. And surely, church, this is a call from God to us today to ensure our character grows in line with our capacity. Who has heard this saying, don't let your gift take you where your character won't keep you? We've all heard that, and everyone, it is absolutely so, so, so true. And i got to wheel in Joseph once more. He, You just couldn't break his character, church. He excelled in Potiphar's house. He was put in charge of the whole place. Potiphar's wife was giving him more than the eye and he rejected that and he was trusting God and it cost him. And then he put him in the prison and he was so good in prison, the prison gave him the keys. Imagine giving the prisoner the keys to look after the prison and then he stayed in prison. Such was his nature. Such was his character. Do you see what's happening? He's growing in capacity. He's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger, getting bigger and bigger. He's lengthening the cords. It's going from bad to worse, but I'm going to stretch my life to fit. God's in charge. I'm going to make it work. I'm lengthening my cords. The unseen integrity and fabric of my life is, is being held together. His Christian values were keeping peace and keeping him. They were keeping him. I love Psalm 126, verse 6. It says this. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. The psalmist is writing about someone going through a really hard time. But I'm so inspired by them. Why? Listen to me. Because even though the circumstances they are in are causing them to weep, they are still willing to sow see, when you go through hard times, you don't want to sow into anybody else's life. You don't want to grow. But Joseph's in prison, sowing and sowing and sowing. Jesus is on the cross. Today, you will be with me in paradise. And I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, do not cut the cord of your character. Come on, begin to sow into people's lives. It's developing character in you. It's increasing capacity in your, in your identity, in your calling. But more than that, it ushers in your, your destiny. Listen to me, it brings your destiny. Look what it says. You will return with songs of joy, carrying not seed. You're going to carry sheaves. A harvest, an abundant harvest home with you. Come on, let's keep your character intact in Jesus' name. Come on. And then finally, come on, would you stand with me in this last point? Forgive me if I can invite the worship team to come up. Is that all right? Can that work? Is that all right at this time? Come on, let's just stand with me. And number four, it's just a response element. So although we're standing I don't want us to check out. This is important right now. Finally, Isaiah tells us to, well, we're going to try the deep end. We're going to try the deep end, but Isaiah words it this way, strengthen your stakes. He says, ensure your foundations are strong enough for all that God wants to release through you. Come on, let's bow our heads for a minute. So let me ask you about your foundations in this, In this moment here, are they strong enough for whatever God is about to release through your life? Are they strong enough, church? I'm reading a book right now called Against the Flow. It's by John Lennox. He's an Oxford professor. He's from this part of the world, and he's a Christian apologist. And there's a line that's really affected me, and he says this. He reminds us of our loyalty to Jesus Christ as demonstrated, listen, by a deliberate resolve to set Him apart in our hearts as Lord. And then he says, but there is more. We need to develop intellectual and spiritual loyalty also. And in large capacity, a bigger tent and strong cords, church can mean nothing if at the first wind of trouble, the tent will roll down the mountain." That our lives and our faith will just be disrupted by the, by the growing post-Christian world or every unbelieving atheist that challenges us at work or, or at school or whatever who decries the, the falsehood of God to your face. Church, I'm, I've, I've talked all morning about how we've got to become wide, but we have to go deep. We have to, even in this moment, Have a resolve to set Jesus apart in our hearts once more as Lord. And so let me ask you this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, are you ready to put Jesus into your heart, into your life as Lord? I don't mean as Savior. I don't just mean as friend, but I mean as Lord. Someone we can surrender to. Someone whose Lordship is over our lives. And maybe for someone here, that's an opportunity this morning to do this for the first time, to become a follower of Jesus, to understand that when He hung on the cross, He he saw your face, and He saw your pain, and He saw your light, and He said, you know, it is worth it, and He said, it is finished. That for every mistake you made, every sin committed, every regret, every molecule of shame that inhabits your head is completely resolved and dissolved and removed through His blood. And the ability for that shame to control your life has also been removed because He's broken the power of sin. And because He's broken the power of sin in your life, the Bible says you will never die. You will have eternal life. Because on the cross, not only did He remove sin, not only did He break the power of sin, He broke the power of death, the penalty for sin. If there is no sin, there is no penalty. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariachurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Aria Church Podcast.